evidence and answers. Many times before someone will be open to discussing Christianity, you must first discuss those false ideas that hold them captive in their thinking. These ideas hinder their consideration of being open to the gospel message. One of these issues is a new definition of tolerance. Today's society believes that we should embrace all religions, all lifestyles, and no one wants to be labeled as intolerant. Christianity seems to many mm, rigid and, well, intolerant of anything that goes against biblical teaching. Today in this edition of Evidence and Answers, Dr. Pat Zukern will address this new tolerance that is crippling our nation, crippling our culture. Pat is an author and teacher in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Evidence and Answers is a ministry of the Pacific Apologetic Center and a subsidiary of the Bible Institute of Hawaii. Without delay, let's jump right into part one of a message entitled, A New Tolerance, with Dr. Pat Zukrin. But last night I had a real cross-cultural experience. You know, I was back home in the U.S. and I thought, man, it's good to be home back in the U.S. I've been gone a month. And I got stranded at the Springfield, Missouri airport. And so eventually I gave in and I made my way to a cheap motel not too far away. But I was starving. And I asked the guy at the front desk, I said, you got anywhere to eat around here? He goes, right next door. And so I looked, it looked like a saloon, you know, alleys or something. Anyway, desperate for food, I walked in there. And as I swung open the doors... All the cowboys looked at the lone Asian man walking in there. And I stopped for a second and grabbed my belt and walked in and tipped my imaginary cowboy hat. And in my Beth Southern drawl, I said, howdy, y'all. And they all looked at me with silence. And I proceeded to go to the table and uh, eventually... The stairs kind of stopped and had a good steak and fried okra. But what a cross-cultural <laughs> experience last night. All right. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish all arguments or every lofty speculation that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Sometimes... Before you can share the gospel in our post-Christian culture, often you've got to demolish the false ideas that are out there that keep people from seriously considering the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so this weekend, we're going to take on two dominant ideas of the culture. One is the new tolerance, and then tomorrow we're going to talk about another philosophy that holds our culture captive, Darwinism. And then for the seminar, we're going to do the three Christian views on the age of the earth. But often, before someone will seriously consider the message of Jesus Christ that you want to give, often, as Paul says, you've got to demolish those false arguments, those false ideas that hold them captive, that keep them from seriously considering the message of Jesus Christ. And one of the most dangerous ideas that has come across in our generation is this whole new definition of tolerance. You know, amongst most of us today, what is the worst thing anyone can be called today? 
The worst thing anyone can be labeled is intolerant and narrow-minded. It's seen as equal to racism and ignorance. And many of us are afraid of being called intolerant by those around us. However, one of the most dangerous ideas embraced by our culture today is this new and dangerous and false new definition of tolerance. Tolerance is one of the most valued virtues of our day, but it's also one of the most misunderstood and misapplied. And the charge leveled against Christians today is that Christianity is a dangerous religion. Not that it's just false, but that it is a pernicious and dangerous religion because it practices intolerance. Christians consider their beliefs and values to be true and universal and do not accept those that conflict with biblical teachings. It is therefore alleged that it is the intolerance of Christians that is the cause for much of the conflict in society today. However, the tolerance our culture embraces is a false and dangerous definition. And any culture that drinks this definition is drinking its own poison. Let me give you the difference between the two definitions here. This is the definition of classic tolerance. The true definition of tolerance as defined by Webster's Dictionary. It states, to recognize and respect others' beliefs and practices without sharing them. In other words, it values and respects and accepts the individual without approving of or participating in his or her beliefs or behavior. It's because we disagree that we practice tolerance. I disagree with your position and I acknowledge your right to hold it, but I'll do all I can to persuade you that I think you are indeed wrong and that my position is correct and that we should have a healthy exchange and dialogue and discussion over our differences and I'll do all I can to persuade you to my position, but I won't persecute you. I'm not gonna throw you in jail or anything like that, but I think we should have a healthy discussion. Now, true tolerance is based upon three assumptions. There is objective and absolute truth out there, and it's our duty to discover and live according to that truth. So because we're created in the image of God, we're designed to live according to truth. And so it is our duty to discover truth, to pursue that truth, and to live according to what is true, not what is false. Second, the various parties in the dispute think they know what the truth of the matter is, even though they disagree with one another. And finally, they hold to the best chance of uncovering the truth of the matter or of persuading people is to reason in an unhindered exchange of ideas, a civil exchange and discussion of ideas. That is the true definition or the classic definition of tolerance. I respect you as an individual to hold those ideas, but I disagree. And because we disagree, okay, I practice tolerance, but I'll do all I can to persuade you to my position, which I think is true. And that kind of healthy discussion and dialogue is good. Now, this kind of tolerance is rooted in biblical teaching. Throughout the Bible, this kind of tolerance is taught. 
in the Old Testament. An alien is to be treated as one of your native born. An alien joining the community of the Israelites is to be treated as one of theirs. Jesus taught radical lessons on accepting others. Jesus accepted the Samaritan woman, John chapter 4. Remember, he was sitting at the well and a woman, a sinful woman who was living in sin, came to draw water and Jesus engages her in dialogue. And she's one of the first to discover his true identity. And she becomes a great evangelist for the people of Samaria. And when the disciples come, they're surprised to see him talking to this kind of woman. Or in Luke 10, when a teacher of the law said, well, then who is my neighbor? What example does Jesus give? He gives a foreigner, us despised Samaritan, and says, this is what a true neighbor really is. So throughout the Bible, they taught this kind of tolerance. Christianity emphasized that it was a faith for all people. Paul writes in Galatians 3, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. You know, wherever I go throughout the world, wherever the gospel comes to town, the level of living, the standards of living arise, especially okay, those of women, the sick, and the despised. Their standards of living goes up. Why? Because Christianity teaches that all are created in the image of God. All are equal in value. We were just in Japan. You know, ancient Japan had the caste system. And one of the reasons Christianity caught on and just spread throughout Japan is because it taught the equality of all men and women. A lot of people don't know, but Japan has a Christian history older than ours. And a lot of people don't know that when the gospel came in 1549 with Francis Xavier, within 40 years, 15% of Japan had become Christians. Lots of samurai had become Christians. But then when the shogun outlawed Christianity in the next 200 years, over a million Christians were tortured and killed for their faith in Christ. So each year we do a annual Christian martyrs tour. So this November we'll be going up to the north this time. We were in the south this past year. We'll be going up to the north. But one of the reasons Christianity caught on throughout Japan is because they taught the equality of all men and women. Christianity taught care for the weak and the rejected of society. Jesus gave us a great example in how he would reach out and touch the lepers and the sick. Women were to be treated as equals. First Peter says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are co-heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. It is not Christianity that oppressed the women. It is Christianity that exalted women. And you see that when you travel throughout the world. When we were in Nepal, you see where the gospel comes to town. The women are exalted to an equal status as the men. Jesus taught, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Throughout the New Testament, Paul taught, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, 
Romans 12, live in harmony with one another as far as it is possible, as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone. Jesus said, but you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. True tolerance was exemplified in the life of Christ and the apostles, and it was taught throughout the Old and New Testament. Now, although Jesus and the apostles accepted everyone, there are some things they did not tolerate. Jesus and the apostles did not tolerate sinful behavior. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And there are things they did not tolerate. Immoral conduct, greed, injustice, false teachings. Those are things that the apostles and Jesus did not tolerate. You see, a healthy individual, a healthy society, they have moral guidelines and moral boundaries of things that they will tolerate and allow and things that they will not tolerate. Jesus and the apostles would not tolerate sinful behavior. They did not tolerate greed and injustice. In John chapter 2, Jesus saw how the temple workers were taking advantage of the foreigners and the Gentiles, and he turned over the tables there at the temple. Galatians chapter 1. Paul says, if I or an angel should come to you and preach another gospel other than the one that you have heard, may he be eternally condemned. Hey, when it comes to teachings about eternity, about God, about the gospel, Paul said we cannot tolerate false teaching. False views of salvation, Jesus would not tolerate. So, True tolerance respects the individual and the individual to hold that belief, but also does not accept all of their beliefs and lifestyles as equally valid and true. And they're willing to extend tolerance to them, but engage them in a healthy exchange and discussion of ideas to persuade them that their position is wrong and that our position is indeed true. Healthy tolerance has moral boundaries. It knows what it can accept and tolerate and what it must stand in opposition to. Now, this is the new definition of tolerance that has come to dominate our culture now. It's built on the idea of relativism, that we cannot know the truth about reality, only what we perceive of reality. Therefore, absolute objective truth does not exist. And it's arrogant, therefore, for anyone to think that they have the truth and others are wrong, something that people feel is exemplified by Christians who believe we have the truth here in the Word of God and whoever disagrees with this is indeed wrong. Many feel that that's a very arrogant 
kind of position to think you have the truth here. Now, because there's no absolute truth, because we cannot have the true understanding of reality, this is the new tolerance that has come to dominate our culture. The new tolerance says all values, beliefs, lifestyles, and truth claims are equally valid and true. Okay? Everyone is right, and nobody can be said to be wrong. No one has the right, therefore, to judge another person's view as right or wrong. You see the difference in definition there? This one says, all values, all beliefs, all lifestyles, all truth claims are equally valid and true. Okay? To say that someone's beliefs or lifestyle is wrong, that is being intolerant. That is being narrow-minded. The National Lambda Chi Alpha Fraternity states it in their position, they state the definition of the new tolerance is that every individual's beliefs, lifestyle, and perception of truth claims are equal and true. There is no hierarchy of truth. Your beliefs and my beliefs are equal, and all truth is relative. Now, the majority of teens in evangelical churches buy in to this definition of tolerance. And the majority of Americans, four out of five Americans today, adhere to this new definition of tolerance. Since all beliefs are equally valid and true, no one has the right then to judge another person's view or belief or lifestyle as right or wrong. We see an example of that regularly in our culture today. For example, in my home state of Hawaii, we are the first state to pass a bill making September 24th officially Islam Day in Hawaii. And that bill was introduced and passed to us by the Muslim Brotherhood. That's right, the largest terrorist organization in the world. Now, when the senators were asked, why? Why did you make this Islam Day on September 24th? They did not present the arguments from the beautiful teachings of the Quran on how to treat the unbeliever, nor did they talk about the wonderful, peaceful, tolerant history of Muhammad and the first four caliphs and the spread of Islam. I'm not sure they studied the Quran or Islam regarding its treatment of non-Muslims, but this is the reason they gave. The reason they gave was tolerance. Hey, we are a state of tolerance. We understand that people have different beliefs. We may not agree on every single item and issue out there, but to say and highlight the negativity of the Islamic people is an insult to the majority of believers who are good law-abiding citizens of the world. So what was the main reason given for making September 24th Islam Day in Hawaii? Tolerance. Tolerance. And we're also the only state that has taken banned prayer from our state legislature. Why? Tolerance. They ain't going to be tolerant of all religions. But you see, the new tolerance actually becomes very intolerant. Now, a culture that accepts the new tolerance, this new and dangerous definition, is drinking its own poison here. Let me explain to you why this new definition will have a very corrosive effect on not only the church, but on our culture and our nation as a whole. 
There are some grave dangers to this new definition of tolerance. We must ask ourselves, should all beliefs be tolerated? Are all beliefs equally valid and true? Should all beliefs be protected and promoted? Should we tolerate all ideas and lifestyles as equally valid and true? The new tolerance demands we accept all beliefs and lifestyles. The new tolerance ends up leading into something we call moral relativism, which eventually leads to anarchy and a return to tyranny. Because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And false ideas like the new tolerance will corrode the moral foundation of a culture which no longer can define right from wrong and no longer has the courage anymore or the backbone to stand against false and dangerous belief systems. And so dangerous belief systems proliferate through that kind of culture. Take a look at what's going on throughout Europe. And the wonderful guests I get to interview on my radio show, Evidence and Answers, especially the ones from Europe, keep telling us, don't follow our path. Don't make the mistakes we made. But what do we do? We keep going right down the same path. And eventually, a tolerant society will be destroyed by the false ideas and those intolerant toward them. Okay? Should all beliefs be tolerated? Or should we stand and oppose ideas which we find to be false and harmful? Should we tolerate the values of the KKK? Do their ideas deserve to be considered equally true and valid as all others? Or should we stand opposed to their ideas and persuade people in this organization that their position is false and the truth is indeed all men and women are created equal in the image of God? Should we tolerate the ideology of Nazi Germany? Well, I'm glad we did not. I'm glad there were men and women in the world who dared to stand in opposition to the ideology taught by the Nazis. Should we tolerate the belief system of the Taliban and especially their treatment of women? Do their ideas, especially how to treat unbelievers and those who leave Islam, do their ideas deserve to be considered equally true and allowed to be promoted or should we stand against such ideology? What about this guy? When he began, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad was simply stating the sentiments of the Islamic world. He said, America is the world oppressor and Israel must be wiped off the map. A world without America and Zionism is attainable and surely can be delivered. Should we accept this and allow them to promote these ideas unchallenged as equally valid and true? Or should we have the courage to say this is false and stand up against this kind of ideology and oppose it? What about the teachings in the Quran on how to treat unbelievers? Chapter 9 of the Quran. How did Muhammad said to treat the unbelievers? Chapter 9, by the way, is the, one of the most authoritative because it is one of the final surahs that Muhammad wrote. And according to the law of abrogation, 
right? The later surahs override the earlier ones. Fight and slay the pagans wherever you find them and seize them, beleaguer them, and lie in wait for them in every stratagem. Fight those who believe not in Allah, nor the last day, nor hold that forbidden which hath been forbidden by Allah and his prophet, nor acknowledge the religion of truth, even if they are people of the book. The people of the book are Jews and Christians, okay? Until they pay the jizya with willing submission and feel themselves subdued. According to the Quran, the unbeliever has three choices. Meet the sword, convert or pay the heavy jizya, the heavy tax, and live as a second-class citizen, all right? Go to countries where they institute Sharia law, all right? And you'll see that practiced. Is this the kind of ideology we say is equally valid and true and should be tolerated and promoted? Or is this the kind of ideology we stand up against and say, this is false? Chapter 4 of the Quran explains to us the treatment of women in Islam. A lot of people are shocked when they hear these stuff, so I'm going to read it right from the Quran itself, chapter 4. Men are the maintainers of women because Allah has made some of them to excel others and because they they spend out of their property. The good women are therefore obedient, guarding the unseen as Allah has guarded. And those on whose part you fear desertion, admonish them and leave them alone in the sleeping places and beat them. Then, if they obey you, do not seek a way against them. Surely Allah is high and great. Is this a teaching we should tolerate? We've run out of time for today. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. This concludes part one of Dr. Pat Zucran's study entitled, A New Tolerance. Evidence and Answers is a ministry of the Pacific Apologetic Center and a subsidiary of the Bible Institute of Hawaii. Evidence and Answers relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. If you would like to team up with us, please start with prayer. And then to donate, please log on to our website at evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers is brought to you by our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions for more than 20 years. To learn more, visit them online at www.hcmlp.com. Join us here next week for part two of A New Tolerance with Dr. Pat Zucris.